Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. We are here. Week one. It's been long awaited. It is finally here, Ian. How's it feel for ball to be back up and starting again? Pretty good. Obviously, we had Thursday night's matchup. That was a good kickoff to the NFL season. Yep. I didn't think Dallas would end up finishing that strong uh, against Tampa defense, but they Dak definitely showed his worth, and I'm excited for the rest of the games. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we'll just start here with some week one headlines. First thing is the Ravens running back injuries. You know, they've been absolutely pummeled. Uh, first Dobbins with an ACL. And then uh, Justice Hill, he's a big special teams player. He went down with the torn Achilles. And then most recently, Gus Edwards goes down with the torn ACL. And that knocks out the top three, maybe maybe the top two and then number four. Because I think uh, Williams would have taken some rushing. rushing Over Justice Hill. Justice Hill, yeah, because he's more of a special teams player. But maybe on the depth chart, it would show that they're the top they were the top three guys. And, Ian, how do you think that's going to impact this Ravens team? Well, obviously we're Ravens fans here. And we want to think that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to be that uh, effective to, you know, diminishing in the run game here in Baltimore. Uh, do I think it's a problem? Sure. But I also think you bring out the signings of Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, and even Latavius Murray – um, and it honestly rebirthed our uh, running back core. And I'm a strong – and I, I would say this for any team. Whoever is running the ball in Baltimore is going to have success. I don't think it necessarily matters who's running it. Of course, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards was a huge, you know, strong duo here in Baltimore, and I was expecting them to have a great year. Do I think Le'Veon and Latavius Murray can get the job done? Sure. Do I think Tyshawn Williams might still get some, you know, rushes? Because possibly in the future, Le'Veon, you know, going into next year, Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray are out, and, you know, Tyshawn Williams stays, and maybe he needs to know how to use this offense. I still think we're going to have some success over the run game. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But obviously, it's, it is a slight problem um, that needs to be focused, and hopefully week one against the Raiders shows that uh, we can still run the football. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think our number one running offense isn't just going to diminish into clear air after losing these backs. Because at the end of the day, I'm a strong believer that the running backs don't make this offense, and Lamar Jackson does. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think he will still successfully lead this offense. Uh, Eric DaCosta did a great, did a great job going out, um, getting guys with experience that have been proven runners. Latavius Murray, uh, he always known he's always known to be uh one of the better backups behind Alvin Kamara in New Orleans. Uh, it seemed like any time Latavius Murray stepped on the field for the Saints, he did something important. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, obviously had that big prime, or actually that small prime window from 2016 to 2018, then just fell off a cliff after leaving Pittsburgh. Uh, do I think we're going to see a prime Le'Veon Bell? No. Do I think we're going to see a productive Le'Veon Bell in this number one rushing As season? a pass block and pass catching yeah. back? Yes. Yeah. I, I think he brings good value. Uh, he brings, uh, yeah, that pass catching ability, which the Ravens really haven't had much of with uh, – Dobbinson Edwards. And I think this Ravens team will still be able to successfully run the ball uh, throughout the year. And I'd be very surprised if we don't finish in top three rushing, even with the loss of Dobbinson Edwards. Because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is the most important thing to this offense. Yeah, and another thing, it's not like these three running backs are completely irrelevant running backs. All have had a 1,000-yard rushing season in their career. I think Le'Veon's had two or three. Uh, Devontae Freeman, I believe, only had one, and Latavius Murray had two, I believe. Um, I think Latavius Murray is I, – I don't think Le'Veon has been signed to a like team deal yet, has he? I believe he's – be, yeah, I think he's making 14 k a week on the practice squad. Uh, I think Devontae, I believe, is making uh, one year 250 k and then Latavius Murray with that two mil. Um so not a ton of money spent on these three guys, you know, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you lost almost that entire core. You refresh that core 
and didn't give a lot of money away. I think that's a really strong, uh, mm-hmm. a really strong play by Eric DaCosta. Yeah, uh, great job going out. And you, I feel like these moves are really going to impact the team. All right, moving to the next thing, the Jamar Chase drop issues. Uh, we saw that about the ball being different without the what stripes on the side of the ball, yada, yada, whatever. Uh, I think on this situation, um, I think just right now it's just excuses. I really – I do I think uh, drops are going to be consistent problem for Jamar Chase? No. Um, but I think what he said is just an excuse, and I think the drop problems are just there. There's no way they're based off the size of the ball and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It just seems too. I don't know. It just seems too different to be like true, and I just feel like he's he's gonna grow out of this. Uh, promising rookie receiver out of LSU. Uh come into a good passing offense with good guys around him. He's got Burrow. He's got Mixon. He's got Boyd. He's got Higgins. You know, all the attention's not going to be on him. He will have the ability to make an impact as long as the drop issues don't continue, and I don't think they will. Well, I I think it's a big deal. I mean, your fifth overall pick tallied four drops in two preseason games. Mm-hmm. But is it – is it really an issue that Cincy in general should fret about? I don't think so. Um, the NFL is a bigger stage than college. According to Jamar Chase, the NFL ball is bigger than the college ball. So um, he may be jittery because of the uh, you know, change in pressure. You know, He's a fifth overall pick. That, that can't be easy going through someone's head. He might have gone in that preseason game and be like really nervous. For all I know, he could have been shaking at the line of scrimmage. Um, you still have Higgins and Boyd in that pass game. Uh, you still have Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Uh, I don't think it's going to last long. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think everybody has their rookie mistakes, um, and I think he'll be able to work on that uh, sooner than later, and I think he'll be fine in the long run. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the next big headline of the week one and the final one we had. Uh, we're going back to Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow's first game back since his season and an ACL injury. Ian, what do you think his impact will be? Well, he didn't have the best year last year. You know, obviously the first overall pick, he didn't have the best year, but not entirely his fault. That's before, obviously, that's only in 10 games. I'm judging off of if it's a 10-game NFL season, he wasn't having the best year. Um, Joe Mixon's back. The O-line's better. He still had 2,688 passing yards. Um so, you know, he was definitely on track to probably crack 3,500. Mm-hmm. Um, a 66% completion percentage. But the, the, the issue for me is that he only had 13 passing touchdowns through 10 games. And whether that is the O-line's fault or his fault, he still had the strong wide receiver core that honestly – you should be able to make a play in those guys and score into the end zone. And I know it's, that's easier said than done. Um, you know, he's a rookie. He's on, you know, the team that was arguably the worst the year before. Um, and, he, you know, the O-line was just not great. But now that's been improved. You know, he got sacked 39 times last year, too. I just – that's, that's downright awful. That's through 10 games. That's not something you want to see with your that, – that's, that's through 10 games. Yeah. I want – like, that's four sacks a game. That's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's the reason he wasn't having the best year last year. But first game, he's going up against Minnesota. Um, you know, Minnesota allowed 258 pass yards a game. Uh, they had forced 15 interceptions. They were kind of more of the middle of the pack last year. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to Joe Burrow. I think he'll have a good, good game. Uh, I definitely agree. I think Burrow, I, he's going to make an impact on his team, obviously. Uh, put Ryan Finley in there. What does he win? Actually, well, yeah, Ryan Finley. And I believe yep. it may have been, was it just him that took the took off? I believe so. I believe so. Just had that last, one game. What, what, how many games did he win that period? Uh, I think what, one or two. One game against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Burrow was able to upset Tennessee earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he he can make an impact to this offense. I really feel like this offense really isn't gonna go anywhere without him. 
where if you lose one of the other pieces on the offense, you still have, what, three more to fall behind. Um, Burrow's going to make an impact for this team, and I wouldn't be surprised if by next year uh, they're sneaking into double-digit win territory. I think this is a team with a bright future. Um, of course, the possible contract hiatus with Jesse Bates could be an issue for this defense going forward. Um, defense, you know, they're about as low as you can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Bengals defense just isn't good. I'll just, that's the simplest way to put it. And losing yeah. Jesse Bates, uh, definitely a top five. You could even debate for top three, top one safety in the NFL. Uh, right. Losing that is going to be a very, a very important loss yeah. for the team if they are not able to resign him. But nonetheless, uh, this offense can really only go up from here. Young wide receiver core, Mixon, what is he, mid-20s, Burrow, what, 23-24. Uh, this offense can really only look up from here. Yeah, they're young. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good, good couple years for them, I think. All right, moving into our week one game predictions, we'll start with Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo easily handled the Steelers last year. What was it, 26-15? to 15. Yeah. Uh, that was at the start of the downfall of the, of the Steelers. Yeah, what, started 11-0. And, and then, then had that. One of their last four dropped to the uh, dropped to the Bills, dropped to the Bengals, dropped to a f- few other teams. But nonetheless, um, I see this Steelers team on decline. And as I'm watching uh, Game Day Morning Live in the background, I'm seeing, is Ben Roethlisberger's Super Bowl window over? And I think the answer is yes. Um, this offense isn't productive like it was uh, three years ago with the Killer Bees. Uh, ben... Brown and Bell. Um, yes, they have a good they have a good core. Najee Harris, uh, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith Schuster, and Chase Claypool. I just don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the right quarterback for his team anymore. Um, we all know Buffalo, they're they seem to be becoming a powerhouse in the AFC. Um, great offense. Their defense sits a little bit in that top half. Um, and I think although the Steelers defense is really good, I think um, this declining Steelers offense just isn't enough to keep up with the Bills. I'm going to take Buffalo 27-17. Yeah, I think what you said about is uh, Ben Roethlisberger's Super Bowl window over, and not necessarily because the offense is declining, but because of the powerhouses in the AFC around him. Yeah, it's not part they're of just, there, there isn't The Steelers aren't there uh, offensively compared to the Chiefs, compared to the Bills, you know, compared to the Titans. They're just not there offensively. Their defense, though, is going to win them football games. Do I think they're a uh, double-digit win team? Maybe not because of their division. Maybe not because of their, you know, offense. But I I think that they're still going to win football games. They're still a near 500, maybe over 500 football team. Uh, So they're going to be able to win their games. Uh, obviously the Bills beat them last year. The Bills are serious Super Bowl contenders. Uh, they're just, there's really no doubt about that. Uh, had 127 receptions for 1,535 yards last year and eight touchdowns. Allen with an MVP caliber season, 4,544 yards and another 37 touchdowns. You know, they, uh, Made the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. They were that close. I think they're going to be able to make the AFC Championship again. Maybe even make the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think they're going to have a good game. I think they're going to pull out with a win, 31-24. Yeah, I think uh, Buffalo's definitely on the way up. I think Pittsburgh's on the way down. But because the competition around them and the offense. All right, moving into our next game. We have Miami at New England. Ian, what do you think? I am honestly really looking forward to watching this game. Um, the Dolphins were having a great year uh, compared to their prior year. Tua Tagovailoa, through I think his first start was against that Rams midway through the season. Right, yeah. he didn't have the best game, but you know the Rams were a, a great defense at the time, and they obviously finished out as a top, you know, top three defense, arguably best defense in the NFL. So. Uh, 
I'm I'm not a huge disbeliever in Tua. I think he can turn it around. I think he can have a good year. You know, he's a rookie that started midway through with an offense that wasn't phenomenal. I mean, yeah, Mike Kosicki as a little tight end blanket, uh, Miles Gaskin out of the backfield, um, and then Devontae Parker. But now you add Will Fuller, and obviously he's sitting out week one, continuous, continuing his suspension from uh, PEDs. Um, but this game, honestly, is going to look really good for me because you're looking at two Alabama QBs here. Yep. And you got, you know, Tua. They're both first-round QBs. And they're in the same division. I don't know. I just I love the thought of that, seeing Mac Jones and Tua going up at it against each other. And I'm actually going to bring them up in my bold prediction uh, later in this episode. But uh, I think I'm going to have to take Miami in this game. Uh, I think Miami's defense is just, is just there. I think Miami's defense, led by Xavier Howard in the secondary, is just a strong overall defense. Do I think, do I think they're top five defense? No. But I definitely think they're a top 10 defense. I think they're going to be able to pull something out this year. They, they looked a little strong towards the end of the year last year, uh, and I have great confidence in them. I'm going to have to take Miami 28-24. Yeah, um, this game for me, it just boils down to the, uh, the coaching. I think Bill Belichick is going to take advantage of facing a young, inexperienced to yeah. attack of Iloa. Tua only uh, – only played week eight to week 17 was that nine games yeah eight or nine games yeah, yeah nine games in that period um he had he did have some trouble he even got uh benched late in the season yep for ryan fitzpatrick um against vegas in which fitzpatrick led them to a comeback <laughs> um at first i really and to this point i'm really still not sure on to a tiger vailoa um, I think he's got a bright future in front of him if he can uh, convert his potential to the uh, the NFL production. Um, yeah. I looking at this game with Mac Jones, as you mentioned, two Alabama quarterbacks. I don't think this is going to be a crazy offensive game. Hmm. Um, both teams have solid defenses. Both teams have inexperienced quarterbacks. Um, yeah, obviously, first game for Mac Jones' first NFL start against a division rival. Division rivalry games are always tough in the first place. Which is why I think there is going to be some offensive spark, personally. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Nonetheless, um, I think Bill Belichick is just going to – success. I think he's going to successfully take advantage of this uh, young Miami team. I think the Patriots are going to take this 117-13 in a low-scoring affair. Not bad. Still a cool game to watch, though. I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. We're looking at uh, Los Angeles Chargers against the Washington football team. You know, um, this Chargers offense is going to be really interesting to watch this year. We're looking at Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen. That may be really definitely a top (laughs) five trio in the NFL of quarterback, running back, receiver. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think he has the potential top five receiver to be a top five receiver. Uh, he, I think he has the pen, potential to lead the league in receiving yards this year. Okay. Um, Justin Herbert loves to target this guy. He's short-handed. He can run. He can run everywhere in the field. Good yeah, route really runner. Can. Uh, big route tree. And then you add Austin Eckler, who's a great safety blanket, and catch a catch a pass two yards behind the line of scrimmage to turn it into an eight yard gain. Right. Um, this offense is going to be really special to watch this year. And uh, on the Washington side of things, I'm really excited for this team as well. I think um, Washington and Dallas, um, they're going to have a tough fight for that division lead. Um, yeah. As we know, this Washington defense, they're uh, one of the top, definitely top three defenses in the NFL. Um, this Chargers defense, you know, they're bottom half in the NFL. Right. Um. I just think this Chargers offense is going, um, despite the tough matchup, I think they're going to be able to overpower this uh, Washington defense, and I think the Chargers are going to edge this one out 31-26. to Okay, now before I continue here, what does that mean for my fantasy team? You think they're going to have a good game? Well, I have Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen in my Yahoo League. so. Oh, so you kind of want them to do good too. Yeah, I need Justin okay. Herbert to score enough points for me to win in Yahoo. 
but score low enough to make me win in sleeper because I face him. Okay. Well, yeah, and I have the football team defense too. So there's some oh. interesting, there's some there's some uh, interesting matchup here for me. I'm <laughs> I'm torn. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. I think the Chargers' offense gonna be really special to watch. You know, Keenan Allen was strong last year with a rookie QB who made it work. And over what was it, 33, 31 touchdowns, uh, 4,400 yards or whatever, something like that. Great season last year for Justin Herbert. Great year. Uh, I mean, if you put him in comparison to someone like Josh Allen, you know, who had a great year as well, 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, how far was he behind? He wasn't that far behind. Yeah. The only issue I have with Justin Herbert in, in comparison to some of these other elite ASC QBs is he wasn't the biggest scrambler. And that might also be because he has, you know, that security blanket out of the backfield, uh, Austin mm-hmm. Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen. But I, I do think there's going to be some pressure to him this week. I think he is going to have to use his legs to maybe even turn something into a one-yard game. But he's got to get out of getting sacked. He, uh, you know, he was good at getting the ball off, and he had Keenan Allen. He had Mike Williams. He had some big guys that he could just dump the ball off and hope that they make a play. But this week is going to be a little different. Washington football team was probably second overall ranked defense last year. Um, and they, they've only improved that. I think they've improved it a little bit on all three uh, standpoints. And I think they're going to be putting the pressure on Justin Herbert. So this is going to be a big wake-up call for him. This is going to be a matchup that he's going to have to take advantage of. He's going to have to do his best. Um, on the other side of the ball, I, I like the football team. I do. You know, Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel is now out, though. So that's kind of an L. Uh, you still have Logan Thomas, uh, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. And I guess I guess Fitzpatrick is, you know, the surefire starter for the future. I mean, is halfway through the year, is he going to get benched? I don't know. He's such an unpredictable guy. But he's earned my respect as a QB, seeing as how he knows how to win football games, whatever the system he's in. Um and I think that's going to be why the football team is going to take this win, 28-23. Mm-hmm. Herbert really didn't face any defensive challenges last year. Uh, toughest defenses. He did face a few tough defenses in Tampa yeah. Bay, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and then you have Miami. But that's about it. Yeah. Now this year he's got Baltimore. He's got Pittsburgh. Right? Does he play Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think they play the entire I think they. I think they play the whole AFC North. But nonetheless, you have uh, last year you played Vegas twice. They suck. They still yeah. do. You Chiefs play offense twice. isn't the best. Chiefs defense. Ch- yeah, you play defense. You play Denver twice. Uh, their defense is, you know, they're up there a little bit, but nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, KC, they're somewhere in the middle. They play Jacksonville, New York, Atlanta. <laughs> That's awful. You know, Justin Herbert sort of had a cakewalk of a defensive schedule last year. Yeah. Uh, I think he, what he did was still very impressive. But, yeah, he's definitely going to face a challenge this week with the Washington defense. Yep. All right, moving into the bold predictions. Um, I'll start with one. I, did, I think Jameis Winston, in his return, is going to go over 350 passing yards. Oh, my God. We know that this guy is not I wanted to write that down so bad. We know that Jameis Winston isn't afraid to throw the ball downfield. Yeah. Uh, what, 5,000 passing yards the year he threw 30 for 30? Yeah. Something like that. Led the league in passing yards by a ton. Yeah. Um, he's – I still like this guy as a quarterback. I do too. Despite his uh, big interception season, I think he can still be a productive quarterback for the Saints team. Um. Favorable matchup against Green Bay. I think that'll be part of the reason. But Jameis is a gunslinger. He's not afraid to get the ball downfield. Um, he's not afraid to just do what he thinks is right. And if what he thinks is right is forcing it in a triple coverage, so be it. But he will. Uh, he will throw thirty plus times a game. Yeah. Uh, he will get the opportunity to throw for some some games four hundred yards. Um, and I think he will have a standout performance in week one, although I do think they will not win that They're game. They're not going to win that game, yeah. So I, I honestly wanted to write that down too because 
I, I'm just going to add on one thing. I think he's going to outpass Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have, you know, as good as a game as Jameis Winston's going to have week one. Mm-hmm. I still think Green Bay is going to win that game. Um, but my first bold prediction is going to be Harris. Um, I think he's going to have his first round pick potential shown in week one. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to have to wait for it. Najee Harris, I think, is going to be all of the Pitt's offense, more or less. He's going to have 120 yards, two touchdowns against the Buffalo defense that was, you know, top 15, I guess. more Not not a top, you know, 10 defense in terms of rushing, but still uh, solid. And I think Najee Harris is going to have a good game. I think that, obviously, Pittsburgh losing the game, I still think he's going to have two touchdowns. I think he's going to – I think Ben Roethlisberger is not going to be able to – you know, be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback in terms of passing the ball, and I think that's going to lead to handing the ball off to your rookie running back, and I think he's going to be able to make some play out of it. But I'm still a strong believer throughout the year. I do not think Najee Harris is going to have the greatest year. That offensive line either needs to come together and work and show me that despite them not looking great on paper, maybe they are okay to block for – you know, making a hole for their running back. But I do think Najee Harris is a playmaker, and I think he has great vision. He's going to be able to find a hole, maybe get to the outside and just get the ball an extra 10 yards. Uh, but I think he's going to have a good game week one. All right, my second bowl predictions with Derrick Henry. Um, this game no. with uh, Titans and the Cardinals, it's going to be a shootout. Um, you have two bottom half defenses. Um you know, all the focus right now is on AJ Brown and Julio Jones, but I think the um, I think the focus is uh, Tennessee offense stays on Derrick Henry. Uh, Arizona rush defense, they're down there. Uh, Derrick Henry, he's gonna have a big day. Um, not facing Houston, which is where his two hundred yard games usually come, but I think he will go over <laughs> one hundred and seventy five rush yards today against hmm. the Arizona Cardinals. Jesus Christ. I know you hate to hear that. I really do. <laughs> What's your second? My oh, second one? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I said my second bold prediction was going to include uh, Mac Jones and Tua Tagovailoa. Interesting. I think the Alabama QBs are going to force a very close final minute slash overtime game type of thing. Very interesting game towards the end. Uh, Obviously, I said Miami comes out on top. Um, But I think it's going to be a shootout right until the end. I think both Alabama QBs are going to go over 280 passing yards and have three touchdowns each. And both have three touchdowns. Too bold. Hey, I'm going all out for these bold predictions on week one. I told you, I like these division matchups uh, anywhere. Like, I, I, people always say, how can, if, if someone who says to me, how are the Ravens losing to the Steelers in a division matchup if the Steelers are that bad? Well, it's a division matchup. It's John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin. They've played each other this much. I don't think you realize, but we're pretty much 500 against, those, those head coaches are pretty much 500 against each other, aren't they? It's, it's like, yeah. It's like right there or something. It, it's very close. And I think it's the same way I like that around the league where these teams are playing each other. Now, three years ago, I'm taking New England to beat Miami 48 to nothing. Like, that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing that it is. But a division matchup where both teams are, you know, not really better than one another, one another in terms of, you know, either rushing, passing, defense, whatever, you name it. And I think that's going to be a pretty interesting game to watch. Like I said, I think because it's a division matchup, I think it's going to be some offensive firepower in terms of passing the ball. Uh, They don't really have any elite running backs, not necessarily any elite wide receivers. Um, But I think we're going to be able to see some uh, playmakers in uh, Mac Jones and Tua Tagovailoa for week one. Interesting. All right, moving into our two bus predictions for the week. I'll start. Um, I think the Bears' offense will be unable to score double-digit points against the Rams. Oh. Um, I wouldn't – the exception to this is if Andy Dalton gets benched at halftime or any time in the game before the fourth quarter. 
Um, I just think Andy Dalton, he's obviously, everybody knows he's way out of his prime. Um, he had a shot with the Cowboys last year. Did he do anything? No. It no. was really boring offense to watch. Z couldn't get going because he's really the only thing they had to focus on. Um, but I just don't think Andy Dalton has the firepower and the star power he did in, what, 2015 to – lead this team to anything successful. Um, and then you bring in factor of uh, the Rams' defense. Um, best defense in the NFL, really, undebatably. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and uh, Jalen Ramsey will have some consideration in the over-under section later. But nonetheless, I do not think this Bears offense will do anything of volume. Um, I don't think, really, the wide receivers are going to find much success. I don't see David Montgomery finding much success. It's really, he only found success last year against bad rush defenses. And I really just don't have any – I really don't see any upside for this offense this week. So I'm going to add on to your first one as my first bus prediction, and this really goes against my, my heart. I, I'm going to say my first bus can be Allen Robinson. Um, and, yes, I'm starting him in fantasy – I, I think I think that week one, I'm not going to rely on my beliefs of a, a a bust or a boom for fantasy football. So I'm going to start him in fantasy. That that's me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't think he's going to have the best week. I think he'll still get some receptions. He'll still get some yardage. But I'm not quite sure if he's going to be able to get a touchdown out of week one. Um, like you said, I I, I think the Bears' offense is going to struggle. Uh, I think midway through, I, I'm not going to lie to you, if after the halftime break you see Justin Fields running onto the field, I wouldn't be too surprised. No. Honestly. I, and I, I think Matt Nagy naming Andy Dalton starting QB might have been a little hint at Andy Dalton being like, hey, if, if you suck, you're not starting. <laughs> like... If you don't go out there, I'm aiming you starting QB because I expect you to perform. If you don't go out there and pass for 200 yards and, you know, score some points, well, this rookie over here is going to come in and score. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think I wouldn't be too surprised if Justin Fields is to go out there um, and uh, start playing and leading that offense to a couple scores. Now, and that's where I come in on my personal opinion on the change on Allen Robinson who is my bust, I think if Justin Fields can come out, I, I still don't think it's going to adjust Allen Robinson's you know, game play. I think he's still going up against uh, Jalen Ramsey and the great you know, Rams defense. So I think Allen Robinson isn't going to have the best game week one, uh, but I still think he's going to get a couple catches and targets and yardage. All right, my second bust prediction goes to Ben Roethlisberger. Um... I don't think the Steelers' offense, obviously I mentioned earlier, I think they're on their way down. Yeah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he'll throw the ball 50 games, but, but he'll throw for like 300 yards because he does all these little five-yard passes to Juju Smith-Schuster, and they'll end up with 10 receptions for 70 yards. Because um, you have all these – Claypool is a great downfield receiver. Um, you have what? Juju, I think Juju's in the slot. Um, you have Juju. He's not necessarily yeah. always a deep, but he can run something toward the middle of the field. And you have Deontay Johnson, who showed uh, Flash of being a deep threat last year. I just don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the right uh, scheme fit for the wide receivers around him. And uh, I just think his you know, decline and closing of his – window of success. I think it's going to continue. I think he'll turn the ball over, whether it's a fumble or an interception. I think he'll turn the ball over three or more times today. Wow. Three turnovers. Three turnovers. That's interesting. And that's Ben and not the entire offense? Just Ben. Wow. Okay. That That's honestly a bold take. Very bold. Added into your bus prediction. Well, I went against my own fantasy football team again for, for my first no no not again oh, for, for your first, first one. one so okay. now for my second one i'm gonna have to go against you um i think tyler lockett is gonna have a very poor game even poorer 
than Allen Robinson. Um, I think a couple of us are believers that Tyler Lockett is not going to have a great year. Um, you know, obviously, you bringing up the point that he was, what, like number eight fantasy receiver last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had those, you know, those handful of boom games. Like, he had a 50-point game. Um, I think he was literally on my team for that game. So, I mean, honestly, it's like, it's cool. But uh, he, he uh, he's so unpredictable. And last year, DK Metcalf comes out and has, you know, a great year for fantasy. And I, I just think DK Metcalf is going to improve. And I think that's going to cause Tyler Lockett to, you know, decline a little bit. I, I, do I think he's still a, you know, top 20 Maybe top 25 fantasy wide receiver? Sure. Uh, he'll get his touchdowns. He'll get his receptions. He'll get his targets. I mean, he has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. That guy likes to use everyone on that offense. Um, but I just – he's going up against Indy, which was, you know, a, a decent – a more than decent defense in terms of uh, passing and rushing last year. And so I think he's going to have a little bit of difficulty trying to get into the end zone this week, and I think he's going to have a poor game. I'd say maybe – Maybe he's still get a couple receptions in yardage. I'd say maybe forty yard, four receptions, but no touchdowns for Tyler Lockett this week. Interesting. I'm uh, moving to our, into our sleeper picks for the week. Uh, offensive players, not superstars, but we can see making an impact. Uh, I'll start with Tyson Williams. Okay. Um, going against this uh, Vegas team, they're not a great run defense. They're not a great defense in general, but they're especially not a great run defense. Um, I think. Mar Jackson still carries the weight that he always has. Uh, and defenses really still need to fear him above everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think – seems like people sometimes forget that Gus Edwards, he was an undrafted guy in, what, 2017, 2018? I don't yeah. think people expected Gus Edwards to run for five and a half yards per carry. Mm, 700, 800 yards, yeah. yeah. 700, 800 yards. I don't think – people really expect them to carry the volume like that. Um, Dyson Williams showed a lot of promise in preseason. Uh, very similar runner to Gus Edwards. Downhill, yeah. uh, bigger frame. Uh, I think Gus Edwards has like an inch and then like 20 pounds on him. But nonetheless, he still runs very similarly. Similar, I don't know, forget it. He runs uh, similar <laughs> to Gus Edwards. Um, and I think he's going to have a big game. Uh I think he'll – the scheme won't be a problem. Uh, spent a year on the Ravens practice squad last year. Has experience with that, you know, rip that Lamar does with the read option that uh, he does so well with people like Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and even with Mark Ingram. And I think he's going to have a big week. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we'll have to see – Really honest, this is that backfield now that I'm not really sure who the starter yeah, is. It's going to be interesting how they spread it among everybody. Yeah, I, honestly, it's I mean, these four guys. I mean, you have these four running backs that are really all giving each other edge. I don't know who's going to be the starter. It's almost like San Francisco the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, my first sleeper pick, Melvin Gordon against the Giants. Interesting. They lost Philip Lindsay. I think Philip. I personally, I know Philip Lindsay. Honestly, I don't even know who the starter was there. I guess I'd say it was probably Lindsay, right? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I thought just about an equals. Yeah, it was pretty split. Well, now that he's gone, I think Melvin Gordon is going to have a good week. Obviously, you bring in what's his face. I don't even know what his freaking name is, but I know who I'm talking about. The uh, Broncos running back, Jamal guy. I don't even know. Uh, Javante Williams. Javante, yeah. Whatever his face is. <laughs> I still think Melvin Gordon is going to be the starter here. I yeah. think Melvin Gordon is going to have a good game. You know, Giants defense, it's interesting. <laughs> um, I think they were ranking 25th in fantasy points to running backs last season. You know, that, that's including the running backs – that are awful too. It's not we're not just talking about like the good running backs here. And obviously Melvin Gordon is not the best running back. You know, he didn't have a great year last year. And that's kind of because maybe he split, maybe because the Broncos offense was just really poor. But uh I think we'll be able to see some some charger that 
OG Charger Melvin Gordon uh, this week against New York. Very, very interesting. Um, I'm moving into a running back with a very similar station, a very similar situation to Melvin Gordon. I'm looking at Raheem Mustard. Raheem Mustard, Jesus. Raheem yes, Mustard. now I need to start him. <laughs> um, he faces Detroit, obviously, one of the bottom three. Oh, God, they're awful. <laughs> um, yeah, they're god-awful. It's really bad there. Um, Detroit, I think, first of all, San Francisco is my lock of the week over Detroit. And then um, Raheem Mostert. Um, I don't think Trey Sermon's going to quite step up as a featured back yet. I think Mostert, Mostert's going to take a, most of the workload to start here. I think uh, last year, when he wasn't injured, at least in the first few weeks, he had some really good games. I remember in the first week, he broke off a really long reception, 70-something yards for a touchdown. Um, he's got that blazing speed, one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. Uh, he's got all the tools. He can catch out of the backfield. Uh, decent vision, good speed, as I just uh, mentioned. And between that and the uh, great matchup he faces, I think Raheem Mostert can be a guy to look at this week. Okay, so I just put Mostert in my lineup. Um, Over who? I did, but I'm serious. Uh, so I think my second sleeper pick is actually be Paris Campbell um, in Indy. Obviously, last year, that week one matchup, he held in six passes for 71 yards. So he he was a little bit of a vertical threat there, getting some uh, some first down yarded gains. Um, and then he had the season-ending knee injury. And then you have Michael Pittman come in, and, you know, he ended up almost looking like Paris Campbell. Uh, but now they're going up against Seattle. Uh, I think this one's interesting. I think you're going up against Seattle, who I, I don't even know where they were ranked. I mean, they, they weren't great against the pass last year uh, by really any standpoint. They really weren't great defensively overall. Game. I don't think, you know, that's going to be, oh, yeah, you should start him as your flex one spot for the entire year. But I do think he'll have a pretty de- decent week uh, against a m- rather poor uh, Seattle defense. Maybe they turn it around. Maybe the Seattle defense was just a little bit of a fraud last year, and maybe they're not as bad as they look. But uh, I-, I think he'll have a good week this week. No, now that now that I think of it, I think Raheem Mostert he'll finish in like the eight point territory for this week. I think Trey Sermon Trey Sermon's gonna take the definitely gonna take the lead. Yeah, role. just because I add him to my lineup, you're saying that. Yeah, I think he's the, Trey Sermon's definitely become the featured back yep, this week. Yep, yep. Now that I put him in my lineup, you're gonna say that. It's all right. He's in my lineup. He's locked. <laughs> he's locked. He's over putting Tyler up twenty, Boyd, and you know no, it. I'm not sure. Over Tyler Boyd, I'm not sure. Oh no, I'm putting him in over Tyler Boyd. All right, so or maybe, maybe hold on, maybe I'll take Allen Robinson out. You never know. I don't know. I don't care at this point. I'm moving <laughs> to the final section over under. Uh, starting off with, I, well, I already know two of your answers. We'll start with the two that you know you've already sort of revealed throughout the day. Allen Robinson. What do you think? He's going up against a pretty good defense for week one. And by pretty good, I mean, I know we've already made this pretty uh, evident. Uh, 75 receiving yards. You know, I think I said lower um, in my uh, bust pick. I, I think I, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm going to say, I'm going to say under for 75 receiving yards, but I'm not going to let that fool you. I don't think he's going to have like, 10 yards on, like, one reception. I think he'll still put up some yardage in a couple catches. Uh, but, honestly, it's going to be the issue of he's not going to be able to go deep because Jalen Ramsey is just going to be right there all over him. I think the way – the only way he's going to get that 75 yards is maybe catching a quick pass and getting some yards after catch for a little bit. And by that, it's going to be some quick slants. It's going to be some quick crosses, catch the ball, run it for an extra three yards. And that's really going to be the only way he's going to get yardage this week against uh, Jalen Ramsey. I don't really understand any other way he's going to be able to do it. Like I said, I don't see a touchdown from him. Uh, I think the Bears offense. And, you know, the more and more I talk about this, the more and more I consider about taking him out of my lineup for fantasy. Um, 
And like I said, I just I don't want to do that for a week one football game. Do it. Um, I no, like <laughs> I don't need your <laughs> two cents here, man. I, like because at that point, I don't know if you're kidding or if you're being serious. But I'm I'm dead serious. I the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I consider taking him out. Um, just because he, you know, really tough matchup this week. And the other issue I have is Andy Dalton's going to be started for the whole first half. And if Andy Dalton's a starter for the whole first half, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking him out of my lineup. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a really interesting matchup, a really interesting QB, at least for that first half of the game. And uh, I think he's going to have the under on 75 yards. If it makes you feel better, uh, Raheem Mostert went over 50% snap count one of eight times last year. I know. Okay. Well, that didn't work. All right. Um, Allen Robinson, uh, it's basically just a copy and paste of what you said under. Uh, he's got Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, best cornerback in the game. If you say Jair Alexander, you're wrong. Second. Uh, Jair uh, no. is second. Jalen Ramsey has all the tools. He can play physically. He can play man-to-man. He can play zone. He can play anything. Yeah. Um, he can tackle. He can tackle, too, unlike some of the corners nowadays. Um, Allen Robinson, I just – it's really any receiver at this point. I don't think really many guys can get much going against Shane Ramsey, and I think yeah. that trend's going to continue. And I think Allen Robinson will hit the under for 75 receiving yards. All right, moving on to Tua Tagovailoa set at 235. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the under. Wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bill Belichick, uh, and that defense. You know that Patriots defense. They're um, isn't bad. Yeah, I. They're definitely top half of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add a rookie, Bell- uh, you know, a sophomore, a, yeah, an unexperienced quarterback in his ninth game, and then you add Bill Belichick, um, one of the greatest coaching minds in sports history. Yeah. Um, I don't think Tiger Verlo is going to be able to get much going. Um, remember that first start against the Rams last year. Mm-hmm. Although the Patriots defense isn't that good up to that level, uh, I'm seeing something reminiscent of that with uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I think That's he's so gonna. Wrong. I think he's gonna struggle. I think he's really gonna struggle. And um, I just think today's not gonna be his day against a division rival. So I'm, I'm the over. I mean. Yeah. He, he's going over here. I think he's going over 280. Um, I like I said. I, I'm not even going to repeat it because now this will be the this will be the third time that I've said this this episode. So this is going to be really short. Um, I yeah, I think he's going to have the over. Uh, I think he's going to have a good game. Three touchdowns. It's going to be a shootout till the end. Uh, last you know last minute drive by Tua. You know, scores, wins, maybe goes into overtime. I don't know. I'm not making any judgment on that in week one. But I do think he's going to hit the over. If Tua leads a game-winning drive against New England, I'll pay you five bucks. Bro, that's a bet. That's a deal. That's a deal. You heard it here. That's There's no way. You're and I'm not, e- I'm not even willing to ask anything in this bet. I'm just saying there's no way that Tua Tagovailoa leads okay. a game-winning or right. game-winning drive. That. Right. Yeah, you, I hope you do. All right, last thing. Uh, Ravens with 215 team rush Man. yards. Uh, you no, I mean, you got it first. Good. So, I'm going to say the under. I, I think 215 yards rushing for any team is hard, but the Ravens showed it last year. I think we had a couple games where we were over 200, right? Yeah. I mean, it, Lamar gets some, you know, that's including the Lamar rushing yards on the scramble. That's including the Le'Veon Bell, the Latavius Murray. I don't know who's going to be getting the ball this week. Is it going to be Tyson Williams? Is it going to be Le'Veon Bell? I don't know who's going to be running the ball. And like I said, I don't think it really matters. I think it's still going to be a productive form of a rushing offense. But it's going to be a little interesting to see them go over 215. Because I think what the world is waiting to see, and obviously that might not matter in the eyes of John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, but what the world is waiting to see for the Ravens' offense this week is the improved passing game. Are we going to see Sammy Watkins? Is is Rashad Bateman even – is he starting? No, he'll start around week four. Yeah, he's he's still gone. And that's 
anger in me. But, I mean, you still have Sammy Watkins. You still have Hollywood Brown. You're still going to see a little bit of an improved pass game. Mark Andrews, obviously, Nick Boyle starting on the IR. Um, but I think we signed a couple of uh, tight ends to fill in that spot because I think we knew Nick Boyle wasn't going to be in there. But I think it's going to be a little difficult with a new, like, freshly refreshed uh, rushing attack to see them go over 215 yards. Yeah, now looking back at it, Mace, that's a little bit high. Um, but nonetheless, I think they'll fall a little bit under. I see them around the 175. One yeah, eight. exactly. That'd be maybe like 70, 80 for Lamar yeah. and 100 between uh, whichever the, other the core for us. Yeah. Um, I'll just call them the core. The core. <laughs> Um, because really, this you're not going to stop this front offense. Lamar Jackson is too dynamic. Uh, really, no one guy you can focus on in that backfield because the other guys they're proven. Uh, Latavius Murray, as mentioned earlier, he can be productive. Um, he, I think he's a good fit for this offense. He's another power runner, and uh, <clears throat> between Williams. Uh, Bell and Murray. I think we have a good combination of pass catching and blocking. Uh, power running and blocking yeah. even, yeah. Um, one guy I don't like in that backfield, and I don't really want to see him on the active roster, is Devontae Freeman. Um, yeah. He's smaller, and one of the reasons is he hasn't shown productivity in in, uh, in years. Memory, in the recent memory, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Nonetheless, Ravens have a good rushing matchup, and yeah, I think um, they're still going to get some top production from this uh, running offense this year. But yeah, as you said, we want to see the passing offense. We want to see the improvements, and even if those improvements uh, mean two hundred more passing yards, but you go up three points in completion percentage, right. that's by stuff I want to see. And by passing, uh, passing improvement, I don't necessarily mean passing yards. Because that's not what matters to us. Right. Uh, I want to see yards per attempt, completion percentage. Cor- correct reads by Lamar. Yeah. Like making better uh, decision making, stuff like that. Not necessarily stuff you see on a stat sheet. Right. And um, I think this offense is going to be really special and it's going to be fun to watch throughout the year. But I do see him falling just under 215 rushing yards in his first game. Yep. That will finish our week one podcast. It's finally that time of year again. The long wait is gone. I am beyond excited to get back to sitting on my couch for 12 hours uh, watching football. You know, just the best time of the year. Um, You could make a debate for Christmas, but Christmas is in football season. So they overlap with each other. (laughs) Nonetheless, we will see you next week, week two. We consider the last podcast a post-preseason, as this one really include the game predictions. Well, that one's more of impacts. The the two-hour countdown starts now. Two-hour countdown time is 11. Actually, you got two hours in a minute. Bro, I'm going (laughs) to... I face (laughs) off Ian this week in fantasy. That will be interesting. And I'm going to lose, even though we're both top three teams. Yes. (laughs) Difficult matchup for us both week one. Oh, stop. It doesn't, I'm talking about team-wise, but nonetheless, okay, okay. none of this matters. We will see you next week for week two. I will have a fun day watching football, not moving from my couch, and we will see you next time. Adios. Have a good day, folks.